this episode number 54 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome back to High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and I help people acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and also facilitate dynamic growth in your business. On this session, I interview Rebecca Rausch with the with Neon Lizard Creative. Um, she is an absolute expert on helping organizations create an effective branding strategy based on their core values or based on the core values of the company. Uh, and so on the episode, she gives us a few kind of case studies of some of her clients who have used marketing to really increase income during the, the last year or so through the, the COVID pandemic. In fact, one of the folks that she kind of mentions was a, a guy who started his company in 2020 and built it to over a million dollars in revenue the very first year. So she's really fun. You guys are going to really love her. By the way, um, as always, if you like the session, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast. Make sure to rate us, uh, rate the podcast, leave us, leave me a review. I'd love to get those. And also we are publishing a bunch of leadership tip videos every single week on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to that as well. All right. So enjoy the interview with Rebecca. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hey, I got a special guest for you, um, Rebecca Rouse. She is a, a fantastic creative, started out as a creative designer, now, now owns a, a marketing company. And um, we wanted to kind of invite her on just so she could tell us a little bit about the, the process that goes through when, when you're, because um, we a lot of times we're talking about the speaking part and the leadership part of business. And there's a whole different side, the creative part, that um, I think sometimes kind of stumps people, especially when we're talking about social media and how to tackle that <laughs> that giant that's in the room. So, Rebecca, take, thanks for being a part of the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. I'm excited. Let's get going. Yeah. So, hey, so tell us a little about it. The name of your company is Creative Lizard. Neon right? Lizard Creative. Neon Lizard. I, 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 I totally screwed that up. I'm so sorry. Right? So, <laughs> the Neon Lizard. A lot of people yeah. do. Neon Lizard, yeah, Neon Lizard, which is which is fun, by the way. That's a that's a fun creative name, and probably makes your branding a whole lot very interesting, right? So yeah, we got lots of colors. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell tell us about the the company and kind of how you got started and that kind of thing. Well, I started out uh, as a just a graphic designer and um, back in the day, and got my BFA. Went out, got my you know first job as a creative director. I worked all over the place trying to learn all sorts of different things. I went to sign shops and print shops and other you know galleries wherever I could find to make sure I knew what I wanted to do. Sure. And I ended up working for agencies, loving logo design, branding, creating a event marketing, all sorts of things like that. Just starting off top to bottom. And uh, then one day realized that my boss was out drinking every day and I was running the show. And I said, well, what's that? We call that like, se- Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The bosses call that selling. That's what that they- wasn't selling. He was out drinking. <laughs> we're, we're, we're mingling with potential yeah, yeah, customers yeah. and clients at the bar. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and he was billing me out at five times what he was paying me. And I thought, right. you know what? I could do this myself. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of country, uh, entrepreneurs got to kind of get to that point where um, and, and I, I know that like when I went out on my own, I was kind of the same way. I thought my boss was like, ah, my boss is charging so much money. And then I became 
the owner of the company and I realized how little <laughs> money he was actually making and going Probably on. Probably so. There's a there lot was a, there of, were you know how much an office costs, man? Gosh, no. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So I I went out on my own, and I was fortunate enough to to get in with some really big dogs. Yeah. So hey. So I I know that like a couple of your big clients are folks that you know companies that that everybody's kind of heard of Capital One, PetSmart, that That's kind of right. thing. So yeah. I know that that there are a lot of uh, folks that are either entrepreneurs who are listening or or um, maybe they're thinking about kind of starting their own company, and and the the first client is always the hardest, right? So what we're how did you how did you get in with such a big company very early on in your career? <laughs> well, fortunately, since I had worked at so many agencies, I had a lot of art director friends, and one of my friends had gotten in at create at Capital One particularly, and um, he needed you know supplemental help, and so he reached out to me. I was able to help, and uh, worked with him for gosh two years possibly I think or more I don't know. And then another time I was at a uh, um, a soccer game for my child. And there was another lady there. We were sitting there chatting. It turns out she was a designer. And, oh, she just happened to be the creative director of PetSmart Corporate. I'll be dead. So wow. I ended up working for PetSmart for about five years as a supplemental artist as well. So that worked out really great. And I worked with uh, International Society of Endovascular Specialists, which they had to change their name because they were nicknamed ISIS. And that didn't work out so well when things oh, went. Oh, sure. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, that was pretty amazing because we worked all over the world in every language possible that you can imagine. And it was just a lot of fun to do that. And then just it's just been gravy ever since. It's been awesome. Uh, so I, I know that when you, you we kind of mentioned earlier when in one of our previous discussions that you when you were with uh, Capital One, you did cool things like design the credit cards and that kind yeah, of thing, right? We so. designed the credit cards, brochures, everything that you see out in the thing. I was, I remember we did a whole uh, WWE uh, series where we had guys with flames all over them and. <laughs> It was, it was the tough guy stuff. And people think a girl can't design tough guy stuff, but it turned out really cool. We enjoyed that. So nice. Very cool. Yeah. I had a great time. We've done all sorts of great clients. Yeah. So, so what, like, um, just to kind of let people know what you do at, at uh, in your, in your company, like when, uh, like you, when you bring on a new customer or a client, um, what kind of, I, I'm assuming that you're probably going to do a lot of consulting upfront where you're asking a bunch of questions. You're trying to figure oh, yeah. out what kind of challenges they have, you know, um, are they asking you to kind of, I, 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 cause I know you, you're into branding and things like that too. So mm -hmm. you're helping people kind of create those really cool brands with their companies and, and that kind of stuff. So that, which by the way, just seems like a fascinating industry. That's just one of it those is. things. It's that, great. Yeah. So kind of, kind of tell us about, about how you kind of do that when you get in, because I know there are a lot of folks out there that are either, you know, that are listening that, that um, either, like I said, have their own companies or, or are thinking about going out on their own and that kind of thing. And, and one of the, one of the things that we very rarely kind of think about before we actually take that jump is what's our brand going to be about? What are we boasting? What are we boasting? I'm just going to do anything that people ask right. me to do and I'm going to do that. And that's where we kind of get into trouble, right? Yeah. Well, I have this, uh, this spiel that I do where I call myself the, uh, the uh, fearless brand evangelist preaching good word about a foundational brand that actually makes a difference in society. So one of the things that we do with our people is when they come in, we talk to them like crazy. We find out what their hearts and um, their values and things of that nature. And we believe in getting the messaging down and all of that figured out before we even touch the logo, because right. the logo has to reflect all of that stuff. That poor little logo is just a logo. He can't carry the whole brand. It's not fair. Right. So we want to make sure that they really understand who they are, what their values are, 
and build their messaging around that. And once that is done, then we go forward with the logo and we go forward with the rest of the brand. We make rules about it, the style guide and all that kind of good stuff to make sure that your brand stays consistent across platforms because that is key. A lot of people think, well, I'm on this one. I can do it in orange and this one I can do it in this as long as my logo's on it. And you can't just slap a logo on things and think it's, you know, a brand. It's not, it's not, you know, it's just not going to work. So we have a, we really are big believers in starting off right. I have a, a client of ours who was a automotive gentleman and uh, he came to us and he had been in business for just a couple months and somebody had referred him to us and he said, listen, I got 10 grand. That's all I got. What can we do? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so before he opened his doors to the public, we had his website done, his logo done, his literature done. We keep a library of his, um, a social media library that we keep in rotation. That boy, it, this was in 2020. He's going to pull a million dollars this year. Because Holy he cow, came, wow. Yes, he came out of the gate looking like he'd been around for 15 years. He blew everyone else out of the market. His design is better than anybody else's in the market. And he was instantly, had the instant credibility, the instant just following and he's gone from just himself now he's got two bays he's looking at a four bay shop he has grown like gangbusters and we've got him out there all the time one of the things that we did that I think really differentiated him too was that in talking to him and when we were working out the messaging he commented that the only reason I'm doing this the only reason I'm taking this risk is because I want to leave a legacy for my son right and as a mom that resonated big time And it's like, well, let's talk about that. So we have that as front and center. He also does home visits. He'll come to your house and fix your car for you. If it's, you know, like, let's say you're late for work and your car won't start. He'll do all those kinds of things. He'll come and change oil at your house. If, you know, during COVID, he was amazing. And so uh, he's done really, really well. And that kind of collaboration works really great because we're able to really get down and find out the differentiator that matters. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the, that's one of the clients I think that you have, um, you know, kind of prominent on your website. Cause if I remember right, I, that the social media campaign that you put out for his company was just incredible. It was one of those things where I, it's stuff that I would, wouldn't have even have thought to do. It's a, it's a, it's a car maintenance company, but you, you, a lot of your social media that you're putting out for him had to do with like trivia and stuff like that. Things yes. that are fun and interesting. People want to interact with, right? That's right. And that's a lot with social media. If you're doing your own social media, you want to make sure to mix it up and not just be sell, sell, sell. Right. Of the social, we are getting ready to launch a huge campaign. <laughs> and we're also making sure that our blogs and everything is all value added. It's value added. It's human development. It's body language it's it's more than just selling ourselves it's like this is how you succeed and we are here to help you succeed but that's what we want to be we want to be everybody's partner in their success yeah so if you guys if you guys want i if you're looking for ways to kind of spice up your social media and stuff like that um well i'll i'll link to rebecca's website in the show notes there's lots of really cool ideas on there that you can you can go through and just kind of see some of the stuff that she's doing with with some of her clients and she'll give you some some really good ideas um and so what are some of the cool things that that um because i mean we basically a lot of times on the podcast we're talking about leadership development and that kind of thing how do you see 
the or what kind of what kind of correlation do you see between the the leadership and the management of a company and then the marketing that they put out? And I, I know you touched on a little bit with you start with the values, right? You're starting with those mm-hmm. core values, and I'm assuming that that um, there's there's a pretty um, distinct correlation between the values of the leaders of that company and Absolutely. what you end up with when you end up with your final product and the marketing pieces that you put out. That's right. Uh, one of the things that I tell everyone, and this gets me on my soapbox a little bit, but I think as businesses, we have a responsibility. We're leaders in the community, right? right. So as leaders in the community, we need to be doing stuff that betters the community one way or another. People, purpose, fashion, people, purpose, planet, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to make a stand, make a stand. It doesn't have to be this big, I'm, you know, I'm a good human trafficking kind of big thing like that. It can easily be something like doing something for your employees, doing something super thoughtful for your clients. We have something we call the heart principle where we train people on how to work with their brand in a way that elevates them and gives back to the society as well as building their brand. It's a really, really wonderful little program. We're in the process of getting a book out and things of that nature. That's going to step by step it. But yeah, we we really want to make sure that the marketer does more than just do lip service to the values they say they project. Does that make right. sense? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I yeah. answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah sure. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. That, I I think what but yeah that's great ideas by the way. Um, I I think what I was kind of getting more at though was was like um. Like the uh, when when an entrepreneur, when a person begins to create a um, a uh, an organization, they're creating kind of a culture. And if they if they don't purposefully set out to create a specific type of culture, they end up with what they end up with. Right? It, right. Becomes, it happens by accident. Well, this this and, is all tied together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's very much tied together because if like with my company, one of the things I put forth when I'm when I'm hiring um, is you've got to have a heart for service. You've got to have a heart that says I'm putting them before my dollars. It's Mm -hmm. got to be about serving that client. And if you permeate that within your, you know, your culture, then they're going to live that. And when you live that, as we call it the brand style, when your company lives your brand and you follow the values of your brand and everybody in the company from the way the guy drives the truck, that he's gracious on the road, anything that has relate any relation to your company, if you're doing that in a positive and gracious and and generous way, people notice that they feel that that's an authenticity that that comes through your brand that is is invaluable, because that's going to draw people. People love people, people want to be treated as people, they don't want to be treated as a number. Sure. Hey, okay, so I, I I've got some like industry questions that I want to ask you because I you, there there are all kinds of podcasts out there that are going to promote all types of different marketing things and um, it, but things change over the years and a lot of times those same people that are on podcasts keep saying the same things over and over again and those things just don't work anymore so I want to kind of test test your brain a little bit just to kind of see if some of the things that people are saying out on podcasts and that kind of thing are, are still true. So are, are email lists still a valuable tool for small businesses? Email, email blast, li- not blasts, but like newslet- newsletters and all that kind of stuff, all that, all that stuff that, you know, 20 years ago was, was kind of the new and trendy thing. I, I still hear people kind of 
promoting that and are still are people still making money off of of um well, they make money off me all the time so it must work <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, was saying too, right? I am the worst right. it's like oh that sounds good i'm gonna go do that webinar i am i am the worst for trying to just consume everything i come across so yeah i think they still work are yeah. they the only thing no i think everything these days is either you need to find out all right i'm gonna back up a little bit you gotta sure, sure, know sure. who you're trying to serve True. Yeah. Who is the client you can best serve? I don't believe in avatars and personas and all that kind of junk because that's all demographics. Demographics are great for narrowing the pool. Right. You need to know. Look at the client base you have. Who is it you love to work with? Who is it that you light up when they answer when they call? Who is it that you groan and want to you know run away? You got to know that person you best serve. And once you know that person you can best serve, you know where they hang out. You know where right. they're going to be. That's the way you measure it. You don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. You do it because you know that's where they're going to be. And if you know they're going to answer emails, if they're going to recognize you or they're looking for what you have to offer, then, yeah, use it. That's that, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. It kind of depends on the industry that you're in, the um, the the service or the the products that you're selling, I'm guessing, and that kind of thing. So I'm assuming that when you're going in and consulting with with different types of industries, you're going to have totally different strategies on social mm -hmm. media. Like, for instance, we never do anything on Facebook. We just don't. <laughs> we yeah, don't that's because not where your people that's are. not where our people are, right? We do yeah. a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, though. I mean, we do a ton of stuff on LinkedIn because yeah. that's where a lot of our folks, that's where we can identify mm -hmm. who the, the 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 folks that like you were talking about, the the folks that that, that um, are more likely to want the information that we're putting out and is where we can find them a whole lot easier as well. So, mm -hmm. um, and I'm assuming that, that when you're working with your, your customers and clients, that's kind of one of the first things that you're doing during that early um, consulting phase right. anyway. We so, do hey, all we're, of that we're trying to figure out who, what is, who is your ideal customer? Mine? Just out of curiosity, how often is it that you're starting the consulting process and they don't even know? the the people that you're consulting don't don't throw any of your customers under the bus you know i'm just saying like how what do you often mean they don't even it, know don't even know who their best customers are right um, oh yeah a lot of that a lot of that um i'm trying to re i'm trying to rethink that question here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threw that one at you. That was not one that you were probably <laughs> expecting. I'll give you an example for me, though, because okay. this is like, like um, over the twenty years or so, we've we've kind of hit on things that just took the the world by storm, right? I mean, oh, the yeah. very first thing that we did and doing leadership, we I'd been doing leadership training for ten years or so, and all of a sudden, it kind of hit me that a lot of the people that were coming through my leadership training class. Were actually coming through the class because they were trying to reduce public speaking or fear, the fear of public fear. speaking. They're trying to get better at, at speaking in front of a group, right? And once I figured that out, all of a sudden I started doing public speaking classes and we went from teaching like 12 classes a year to like 300 in, oh, in wow. like a year. It was huge. That's it was this amazing. huge growth, right? And so um, it, we spun off a whole separate company, Fearless Presentations, that Fearless mm -hmm. Presentations podcast, that kind of thing, right? Um, when, uh, when we did that though, um, because we had such huge success early on, there were the, like people were coming to us. They would, because right. our marketing was pretty good and folks would find us on the internet and they would just kind of book. We were teaching to everybody under the sun. I mean, it, like all different industries, all different mm -hmm. companies. And, and so if somebody at that point had said, Hey, Doug, who is your target market for fearless presentation? We'd say, well, anybody that has public speaking fear, which made it much more difficult once that, once that big initial boost kind of hit, mm -hmm. 
where um, it was the new and trendy thing and everybody wanted to come because we hadn't actually gone back and figured out who our ideal customer was. We stalled out and we couldn't, we hit a growth plateau where we couldn't grow anymore. Same thing happened when we started doing team building activities. You know, we, we, we created this, this you uh, going back to the serving the, the, the community. We, we, we created this, this concept called a charity team building activity where if somebody's at a convention um, we we have the big group of people. We divide them up into small teams. They do some type of team building activity and and build something for charity. So the first one was our build a bike activity where people build bikes and they give the bikes to kids in the community. It's a really uh-huh. emotional kind of thing. Well, nobody had ever done anything like that when we started it. And so within two years, now we were doing like a thousand of these things a year. We were doing oh sometimes, some, I mean, we were doing sometimes like 10 of these things a week uh, to big companies all over the place. And same thing happened, right? Because our marketing was, was so good that people were kind of finding us. We didn't really have a, a, our, like you were talking about the avatar. We didn't have, we didn't have the, a clear idea of who we were actually serving. We just, anybody, anybody that has a convention, we can kind of do one of these things. <laughs> and, and, and again, same thing happened in that, in that industry as well. We kind of plateaued. And once we hit that plateau, it's, you know, it was like, I think we hit the two and a half million dollar mark first. Once we hit that two and a half million dollar mark, we for like six years straight, we couldn't get over it. And it wasn't until we actually said, okay, out of all of the thousands of people that were companies that were servicing, which ones are really the best customers and clients for? Which ones are the ones that we get the most repeat business from? Which are the ones that are giving us the biggest events that are the most profitable events, that kind of thing. And we identified three specific industries that, that uh, about 60 to 70% of all of our income was coming from. And once we kind of figured that out, now we had a target. And that's when we, that's when we kind of broke the, we broke the, the, the glass ceiling that was there to kind of get there. So I'm assuming that I'm not the only entrepreneur that has gone through that. I'm assuming that most <laughs> no, of the people sure that you're, you're coaching and insulting with is like, I want to service everybody. And, and it's not until they actually get honed in on who their real customer or client is that they, right. Is that is that true or is that just me? Is that am I the I, only one? That I think everybody that? has that client they can best serve, that industry they can best serve. We try, we tend to choose um, manufacturing just for the fact that so many people in manufacturing are promoted from within. They right. get into that marketing uh, space and they're supposed to be in charge of marketing and they haven't ever had any opportunity to learn or they've been hired in and they're one person in charge of a multi million dollar marketing thing. <laughs> it's like I, and they're not allowed to buy a team and not allowed to hire. Right. And we've got a couple clients like that that have literally nobody but this one little person trying to handle a multi-million dollar company. Right. So that's where we come in because we can come in and, and act as that team. But right. that's why we kind of serve that place best. But we also love, you know, the, the, the shall I say, the uh, brave and fearless startups like Euroworks was <laughs> that would just come in and say, okay, just help me do it. Because everybody that has allowed us to just go do it. It's been great. Um, we have another company, Listen, um, Listen Beauty. It's out there. It's Listen Naturally Hair, Naturally Healthy Hair and Body, and they're in our uh, case studies. And love her heart, she came to us in tears, literal tears, because the company before her had um, told her that they, she couldn't take her logo when she decided to leave them. That uh, they owned it, and that's oh, something wow. that a lot of agencies do. They own the art, and, and you have to buy it back from them. And we wow. don't do that. So we were able to take her from zero to sixty in no time. And it was great because it looks so much better. It was so much more in line with her values. So it's yeah. just knowing 
knowing what they want and what they need. So manufacturing for us is, is one of our favorite places to be. Yeah. But when you're actually like, like for instance, when you're consulting with those, those clients, so like the, the hair lady and all that kind of stuff that the, um, do you, um, are, are, do you ever get some of those folks that are kind of at that plateau where they've kind of hit the plateau? And then as a result of, of targeting that marketing a little bit more on LinkedIn, that's kind of where she was. Like that. yeah. that's kind of where she was. She knew she could do more. And the agency before her, um, she would tell them, she goes, I've got 30 years in hair salon business. I've been cutting hair for 30 years. I've got stories to tell. I'd like to be able to tell my stories. Nobody wants to hear your stories. Oh, God. How in the world could you tell somebody that? Oh, geez. Yeah. Anyway, but they basically told her to hush up and set aside that they, you know, they were the experts. They were the experts. And when when she came to us and she started telling us that, I'm like, what are you talking about? We've (laughs) got to do this. So we ended up um, deciding because they had talked her into like all these white ugly brochures that they were handing out to all these salons that you know nine know both were getting round filed and nobody ever right. touched them so what we decided to do was create a beautiful magazine that would be worthy of any newsstand and create something where she could write her story she could promote her product she could elevate her clients she could talk about charity she could do contests and all sorts of stuff and what was beautiful about it is that as the hairstylist fixed the woman's hair they or man's hair they would hand them the magazine and that would be the magazine they looked at while their hair was being done. And they could not keep them in the salons. They, they People would take them home. Take them away, yeah. And mm-hmm. they grew 20% in the middle of a rebrand. Wow. So that's, that's crazy. I mean, coming yeah. at stuff from a unique angle or from a creative angle is the way to do it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if you do the same thing as everybody else, then you're going to, you know, it's you're going to get the same thing as everybody else. you got to stand out and be different. Absolutely. Yeah. I always tell, I always tell people that when, when I'm, when I'm kind of working with, with, um, with uh, new customers and clients, that kind of thing, that, that the only thing that really sets you apart from everybody else is your story. You know, basically it's, it's what you, it, that's your experience. That's your, mm-hmm. that's what makes you who you are. And, right. and it's the thing that people are really interested in as well. Right. It's a, it's one thing to kind of teach somebody how to do something, but when you create that personal connection, that's where the trust level really comes from. So it sounds like that's what you're really doing with your customers and clients. We're trying, we're trying, we're, we're big believers in, in giving back and, and teaching people to be generous and, and being generous ourselves. And we're so grateful for the clients we have. And our, our goal is that if they're not giddy, we're not happy. We want them just ridiculously giddy. <laughs> that's kind of our, our, our joke and they love it, but it's, it's true. That's what our purpose here as businesses is to, serve our clients. We have to have the servant heart. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Rebecca mentioned that she's got, uh, that was one of the case studies that's on her website. So if, if you're interested in hearing some of these stories, she's got a bunch of these things on her, on her website. Like I said, we'll link to that in the, in the show notes. Um, so Hey, Rebecca, thanks a lot for being a part of the oh, podcast. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing all that with, with our, with our uh, listeners. And uh, thanks a lot for you guys for being a part of the high impact leaders podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye y'all.